You're listening to the Hopped Up Network. The show you're about to listen to is part of the Hopped Up Network's growing family of craft beer podcasts in the U.S. and Canada. I think it's great. Find this show and others like it at hoppedupnetwork.com, the spot for informative and entertaining craft beer podcasts. I love it. I love you guys. You're listening to the Hopped Up Network. You're listening to the Pints and Provisions podcast with Evan, Mark, Ryan, and Dan. You're listening to the Pints and Provision Podcast with Evan, Mark, and Dan. Oh, I forgot to... I can't remember. Sounds good. We can turn it up, turn it down. Check one, two, and one, two. Check, 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 check. Everybody already? Are you still sipping? I'm almost done. I'm yeah. almost done, yeah. I mean, I've been nursing it. Yeah, I've just been nursing it. I guess. All right, welcome back to the Pints and Provisions podcast. This is Evan here. I have Ryan. Hey, Evan. I have Michael. Hey, yo. And I got Brett. How we doing? So this is the, at least, Abbott annual thanksgiving slash holiday bottle share that's right uh we got thanksgiving coming up um if you tuned into our last episode dan and i just sort of talked about why thanksgiving can be fun and we didn't really center a lot of things around beer um we kind of avoided the topic not on purpose it was rather provisions it was more it was more of the provision side so uh this time we'll focus a lot more on the beer because we have a lot of great things. And you guys got a little start, started a little earlier than I did. But what so far have you guys really enjoyed? We did Barrel Age Coffee Shop Vibes, which is by Shared Brewing, which is basically like a side project of Side, side Project, project. Um, which is <laughs> essentially a side project Barrel Age Coffee Stout. I think it's 13 or 14 percent. It was, uh, it's actually about a year old. It was bottled in October of 2017. They released it with BBT. Oh last year for thanksgiving which is their annual uh barrel aged stout release now that they're doing um and a year old there's tons of coffee left and it's, I mean, it's no lots of coffee left. it's one fantastic. of the best beers i've had in a while it really was fantastic so i thank so far you. today that's what i'm uh really enjoying thank you for saving me some absolutely so if you were at side project i suppose cory king and this is why a lot of these breweries and i think hill farmstead is probably also a part of this where they encourage a lot of their assistant brewers and whoever in there brew on off time. And that's, I'm sure, what Shared is. Although I bet they maybe let the Shared brand have a little bit more prime time. But yeah, obviously we we all just know from hearsay. But uh, Shared was started Oh, you don't know from Corey? I do not know from, for sure. I do not know Corey, <laughs> okay. unfortunately. Uh, He's welcome on the podcast. Oh, anytime. he is welcome on the podcast. We'll let him know. Invite. We'll, uh, we'll add him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so shared was started about maybe a year ago, maybe pr- probably a little over a, little a year ago. Bit. Like I think, I think some of these beers that we've had recently with them, um, were some of their first, uh, releases, but shared was started because side projects kind of whole backbone of their style is everything barrel aged. And, mm-hmm. um, they wanted to, I think from what we've heard, Corey wants to, uh, let his assistant brewers and whatnot kind of spread their wings, try some different styles, try some styles that are not barrel aged. And so they just started a, uh, a side brand, um, side project of side project, like I said. So they do a lot of new England IPAs. They do some yeah. Pilsners. Uh, if you go to side project, uh, in Maplewood, Missouri, you can usually have, uh, a, a two or three shared beers on tap. So they're, you know, definitely in the lighter, lighter side of things, not mm-hmm. barrel aged, um, really good stuff. They're doing a great job. Um, and then they, I think this is the only barrel aged beer that they've done, but they've done this vibe series is like a massive 12, 13% stout. Mm -hmm. They've done it with uh, a few different types of coffee beans, uh, Mexican, Colombia, I think Nicaragua. Okay. And then they did a coconut variant as well. Uh, so they've really kind of stretched some things with that. That's totally off of the brand aside project. But, uh, from what I've had, uh, I think it's, up to the same quality of side project. I mean, I think Corey keeps an eye on things. I think he wants to make sure everything's going well and uh, it shows in the, in the quality of the, the liquid. Yeah. No so doubt. no complaints. 
Um, why don't we do our beers of the week before we dive into our blind tasting that Kyle had set up? Unfortunately, Kyle could not join us for the podcast. But he um, did get his drinks in before he left, though. He did. He 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 uh, <laughs> valiantly got his drinks in before. You know. Um, so Ryan, go ahead. Yeah, I actually. Uh, coincidentally, I was at Side Project on Thursday. I landed in St. Louis about nine. I went there to uh, just get a few bottles uh, to go on the way home from the airport, and uh, someone was uh, opening Derivation Ten. Oh. Offered me a pour. All right. By the way, I was not going to say no. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> so that is, I think it's 14% imperial stout aged in rum barrels with uh, vanilla and coffee. Oh. Uh, and I know that uh, just on social media and whatnot, there's been a little bit of criticism for that because the hype train of the early derivations and what people want to criticize, you know, it just always seems like. Later releases always get more uh, critique than positive reviews, but uh, it was it was fantastic. It was very thick. It's you know maybe not the thickest beer I've ever had, but it was the the mouthfeel was great. Is that the most recent derivation? It's the most recent der- derivation. Yeah, I think I don't know when they came out with it, but I the members got a side projects members got a bottle or two, and then they've had it on site for quite a few weeks now. Um, but uh, you know, rum barrels usually give off like. To me, you know, they've got kind of this like weird coconutty, boozy f- sweetness to it that's just kind of like like you know, coconut as an adjunct in a stout is really good, but yeah, the coconut flavor of barrel and parts I I I've always kind of find a little bit uh, unpleasant, but this just added some sweetness on top of vanilla uh, and oak and and the coffee and it was terrific. So no complaints. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Joey from California who uh, shared that with me, and I think he's going to be a listener. We had a good conversation for. Did you give him a sticker? A few minutes. Uh, I didn't have any stickers on me. Oh, but uh, rookie mistake. But uh, I, uh, I'll be sending him an empty because uh, he couldn't fly one back. But uh, Side Product does let you take empties to have for your bottle display, and yeah, yeah, sweet. Sorry, I've been taking off the mic, so, so let's uh, let's hear about what... That's, uh, that's Ryan's beer of the month. <laughs> yeah. so beer of the month, maybe beer of the year. <laughs> that's okay. It, it's well-deserved. Let's finally hear from Mike and, uh, and yep. Brett. Well, we're going to take a step down from Derivation 10 here, but I would say my beer of the week was Clean Living by Hopewell. That's L-I-V-I-N. And okay. My best, Matthew McConaughey. Living. Yep. Um I'm lucky enough to actually have uh, kegs of beer at work, and so we oh, had that's this. Terrific. I know we had this American Lager. Um, I had it on Thursday. They'd recently replaced the keg, and uh, it just hit the spot. Um, I think it comes in at. Let me check here. Just over five percent. Um, nice, clean, crisp lager. Um, Hopewell is based out of Chicago. They're up in the Logan Square neighborhood. Okay. Um, so drinking local. And uh, yeah, it just really, um, really awesome. hit the spot on a Thursday after a late uh, day of work. So yeah, that doesn't interrupt your work habit at all. Having a keg, be- no, 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 no. <laughs> it, it helps at times to uh, be more creative. Yeah, the creative with the, uh, the software that we're building. So, <laughs> I yeah, okay, yeah, it's, that's nice. That's awesome. But yeah, the is so isn't the Hopewell a big loggering slash? Don't they do a lot of? We talked about them before, Ryan, with Kyle. Are they big? Am I thinking? No, I'm no. thinking of Dove. Dovetail. Dovetail? I'm yeah. sorry. Dovetail. Yeah. Okay. Dove, anyway, Hopewell. I, mean, uh, I think we're going to talk about it later from uh, Fobab today. But okay. Hopewell, I, I don't think I've heard of them until today. So uh, they had good results at Fobab, and then Mike's had some good ones. But um, yeah, I've enjoyed them before. Like I'm actually up in Ravenswood now in Chicago, so I'm very close to Dovetail. But Hopewell is in Logan Square, and mm-hmm. I think they've been around for maybe four years now. Okay. Um, but yeah, smaller shop. I think they first really started with like doing sours and they've sort of branched out into some of the more traditional sort of lagers, IPAs, um, going awesome. down that path. But, uh, yeah, it really hit the spot. I'd never had the, uh, the clean living before from them. So. All right. The Chicago folks check out Hopewell if you haven't. Definitely. Absolutely. All right. Brett. All right. My beer of the week. Well, the welcome back, Brett, by the thank way. Thank you. The barrel aged <laughs> coffee shop vibe. Probably would have been, but we already talked about it. So uh, last night, near the end of the night, had a Prairie Artisan Ales mm. uh, Apple Brandy Noir and had it before, but really one of the absolute smoothest, best mouthfeel, best 
best stouts that I've had in quite a while, and I haven't had it in a couple of years and really hit the spot. It's just a very, very easy drinking, probably about a 13 percenter, I would guess. Uh, excellent beer, though. I think oh. that's one of the best apple brandy beers oh, I've ever had. It oh, is yeah. really good. It was that that one's batch one that they did. It has it's like a three tape, or four it years has a old. Really like uh, kind of a yellowish brown label. There's yep. like a mm-hmm. tape, like it looked like a cassette tape or something yeah. on there in the front. Um, but I would, yeah, I've had that before, and it's very. It, it, it puts you in a very happy place. Absolutely. I, yeah. I don't know his name, but the artist that does the work for Prairie is a great Instagram follower. Oh um, yeah, he just posts oh. a bunch of the artwork that he does for all of their bottles. So. Oh, that's awesome! We'll, well check we got, them out. We'll have to check that out. We'll probably we'll try to get that up on our uh, when we post about this, uh, who that is, and get them tagged. As a guy with a bachelor's degree in illustration, that is my favorite illustrator in, in the beer game. Prairie, absolutely love Prairie. their labels. Yes, yeah, because that'll that'll draw people in or push people away depending on. You know, if you're, if, if, and some oh. people try to go a little too, you know, this way or the other, and it may push people away or it may draw people in. So that's kind of, that's always kind of interesting. Um, so anything else on that apple brandy, but that's good. Um, let's see myself. It was the Aslan Brewing Company. I've had their stouts before. Um, Michael Nachmius always hooks this guy <laughs> up right here. He's, uh, out in the Virginia area, but I had Moonshield. 15% double uh, or imperial stout. And this was with raspberries, white chocolate, and vanilla. Very creamy. These stouts that they get, that they do are very, very, very full on the mouthfeel. They pour like motor oil. They have huge flavors. And in terms of, you know, you want to call these things balanced, but in terms of the adjuncts that they have, they're always well balanced between the adjuncts. Um, nothing. Had really, some really good stuff by them oh, for gosh. last, you know. And the nice thing is, I have an, I have one from like a year ago still sitting in my that uh, in my fridge called Zebrakensie Deutsch, and it's just like five or six adjuncts, and I can't wait to open it up again and see what that has done over the past oh, year because yeah. they're all canned. So if anybody ever gets a chance, uh, especially for listeners out in Virginia and the Mid Atlantic area, make sure you head on over to Aslan and check out their stouts. So our biggest topic of the night, well, one was uh, our, our next topic of the night would be to decipher which media noche uh, that we had was the 17 versus the 18. And we were talking before about how they... By Weldworks Brewing out Weldworks. of Greeley, Colorado. Yep. Doing yeah. amazing, really amazing things. Yeah. Um, their, their 2017 version, it was a 17-month barrel aged and then their 2018 was an 18 month barrel aged definitely not by accident so we did a blind thankfully kyle before he was uh summoned back home was able to pour these blind for us so and uh fellow podcaster mark was here for a little bit he had to leave uh everyone had some family stuff tonight so family comes first yep but uh everyone had a few pours here uh Meat connoisseur or charcuterie connoisseur Brian was here yeah, as well. Our, our pro, I, I would almost put him <laughs> as like one of our provision, our southern provisions our, ac- yeah, expert, the provision expert. Uh, so everyone got a little pour of this uh, blind, and I think they were all guessing it and looking at the answer. How did how before did, they left? How did Mark and Brian feel they did? Uh, I told him not to say because everyone okay. thought you know they said well. One was obvious versus the other, so I said okay. well if you think that then I don't want to know if you're right or not because for obvious reasons. So. Okay. Okay. What do you, I mean, overall, I think both of these are terrific, but they're We've, very different. I mean, what do you guys think? Mike? Well, now I'm just confused as to how we're <laughs> going to be announcing these, uh, these, you just describe blind it. tasting. Describe oh yeah. It. So the, I really, well, I've had both before, so that may have colored sort of my opinion a bit. Um, I was down in Greeley in July, mm-hmm. um, so I was actually able to have 18 on draft, which was fantastic. Um, it's terrific. M- my thought is, and this means nothing to the listener, so now I'm confused. Yeah. Um, but I, I think the, the right one here, which I don't know if Ryan is going to be able to tell me if that is correct or we not. We will in a second. Uh, we can go around the table. 
is the 18. It had a bit more um, sort of distinct um, barrel flavor on it. It had a bit more of a, a nose that seemed a bit fresher. Um, and then when you considered sort of the, it's weird, the left one, um, a bit more, from my perspective, mellowed out. Um, the complexity was still there, but they were melding together a bit more from a flavor perspective. Um, so that was probably my biggest hit. I love this beer, so it's really hard to go wrong when you're considering the 17 versus the 18. What about you, Brett? Yep. I would go with pretty much exactly what he said, um, just taking my last sips of each, and I think personal preference, just based strictly on everything coming together, I probably like the one on my left, which I was guessing is the 17, but without knowing, um, I definitely get a little bit more, a little more barrel on the other, and I think that I probably prefer it without that but either way you can't go wrong both are absolutely phenomenal i, I totally was gonna say the same thing oh it was gosh. like and we may all crazy. be crazy we, we could all be wrong but i totally felt like the the left was <laughs> i think the odds are that we're wrong always well, probably <laughs> and when we all match and agree this much it's usually wrong and like i was chatting with mark before he took off and i think he would reiterate what we're saying so we're probably mark wrong. right off the bat said he felt uh, him and Brian were talking about. He felt we're very distinctly one and two. One versus was left obvious right. versus yeah. uh, one was obvious versus the other. I thought it just on the nose even before taking a sip. But so it's fu- I th- well, it's funny. I, I think for the same reasons, I'm going to go with what you guys said. But I actually thought that the intensity of like the 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 balance of things was so much more pronounced with the left one, which to me just says time. And there was a little bit of kind of unbalanced still with like you like you said a lot more barrel on the second one which I think that when you have it sit another whole year mm-hmm. in your bottle has more time to just sort of condition and, and and balance out a little bit. And I thought it was strange too because I thought like I was basically speaking to my immediate reaction to drinking the beer and it was a bit colder too. So as it's warmed up. You know, my thoughts about sort of the complexity and sort of how that barrel is playing up has changed a bit. So yeah. I know you showed up a bit late, so you were trying the beer as it had warmed up a bit. Yeah, because I had to set up all the uh, equipment. So, all right, Ryan, are you going to just say the same thing that we did or not? Yeah, I'll be I'll be honest. I was thinking the same thing. Um, OK, I, I, I thought uh, or still think that I think both were terrific. Yeah, no, they one. were. I mean, I think this uh, this beer really really is under hyped i know we joke about the hype train and whatnot but i don't think uh weldworks gets enough credit for how great this beer is and uh it's i will say after drinking the barrel age coffee shop vibes yeah this actually kind of tasted thin <laughs> and we always talk about how thick this is but i think it that was more on just the that barrel age coffee shop vibe had some crazy mouthfeel but but i think both of these have Maybe not. I mean, sometimes a little too much mouthfeel is not good. Oh, absolutely. And I will say sometimes the Aslan Stouts do kind of, or or, or like the Toppling, I think of the Toppling Goliath mouthfeel. It's just so incredibly thick that sometimes you're like, God, I need a knife and fork for this. Mm-hmm. But these Media Noches are right in that perfect, it, it's not thin like like some beers, but it's plenty thick, but it's not overly thick. Yeah, and... uh when I drank them cold, I was kind of not really trying to think of left versus right and, and pay attention to them. But uh, as as we try to compare and, and get into uh, into it on the podcast and, and trying to finalize what our guesses were and whatnot, I really did really echoing Mike. I, I thought uh, the there was a little bit more sweetness and booziness on the 18 month, and only in no much a negative way, but just more noticeable than the 17 mm-hmm. when you're drinking them side by side. Um, that was my thought on the right. I, I guess I shouldn't say the 18 month, the right. Uh, so the one on the right I thought was the 18 month. Um, yeah, just a little bit more pronounced uh, barrel. Man, both were really, really good. Just for a non-adjunct barrel-aged stout, just terrific. So are we, we ready do? for the reveal? How do we do? All right, let's see what we got. We're wrong. We're wrong. We're wrong. <laughs> of course. And, and 18 month on the left and uh, 17 month on the right. <laughs> that's okay. 
That's always That's okay. happens. That's okay. <laughs> Unless Kyle's messing with us, maybe we'll just have to follow up with him. I doubt it. I don't think so. I think he, he was. Uh, he's, yeah, he was think... excited to do the blind pours and see how we did. So it's amazing that all of us had the same uh, same comments. But man, that's all right. I, I'm I'm not worried. The one on the left, I would not have thought one is fresher and aged longer in barrels. <laughs> it's but. it's a different beer. It's crazy. It's a different yeah. beer, yeah. different barrels, different year, and both of them were amazing. I think we're 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 trying to really nitpick here between two really amazing, well, oh, absolutely, well, you know, barrel aged beers. So I'm not. It just help. It helps us learn. Is what it does. And hands down, we talked about earlier. Hands down to Weldworks for staying local for their barreling. Uh, they use Breckenridge uh, Distillery barrels for all of wow, their uh, or nice. bourbons for or bourbon barrels for all their uh, barrel aging. So keeping it local, nice and fun. And, and that's just a really cool thing that they do and no complaints. Uh, and, and man, what a great beer that, uh, that they come out with. Yeah. That smells heavenly. <laughs> just like popping that, you know what it smells? Now like we're a double fisting a strawberry creamsicle. <laughs> it smells like a strawberry creamsicle. So we just, we just opened up the more brewing Strawberry Marbles uh, Milkshake IPA. <laughs> After we opened up Forager Brewery Breakfast Nook. <laughs> so we now have two things going on. Uh, so we'll talk about these in a second. But uh, yeah, so we had a couple pours uh, before this. Just a real quick rundown. We started with uh, a Double Space Boots by Moore Brewing out of Villa Park, Illinois. Uh, just a really, really nice double IPA, uh, double dry hopped with uh, Citra and Galaxy. Uh, that was delicious they did a really good job with that and and more is doing great things uh we'll probably talk about them later on as well we uh we went to the Dree Fontaine in uh Frambuse Oost I don't know exactly how that next word is pronounced I probably messed it up but uh it's their latest Frambuse release I think they had a four or five bottle series that they came out with within the last few months and this is just that base uh Frambuse that people uh have known about for years so it's either 2017 or 18. It doesn't really <laughs> say okay. because the cork is uh, has both dates on it. Um, but it's a uh, raspberry uh, fruited 5% lambic. And it's incredible. It was really incredible. I think Mike and I were talking. We had uh, the 2015 or 14 version a few years ago. And uh, this was just a much, much different type of beer. You know, it's not any bit comparable to what we had before and this one was fantastic so uh, it was really really enjoyable to kind of start the day with that it was five percent nice and light we went into Meemaw, Meemaw. by uh, Fontaflora from uh, Morganton did, North Carolina did Mark bring that back Mark brought that back uh, he has a magnum of he got it rhythm rug that is uh, is coming in the mail to him, I think. By oh, that's right. His brother had to his send it because he ran out of room. He ran out of room luggage. in his check bag, so uh, he didn't get to bring that back. But he brought uh, this Mima over tonight, which is, um, and I just love how they how they brand their beer. It's an Appalachian Wild Ale, uh, fruited on Montmorency and Balaton cherries, and it was really really well balanced, really really nice. And then we went into what we've kind of already talked about, barrel aged coffee shop vibes, and then I, these so meaty I didn't, noches. I didn't miss so. a ton. You guys saved me some pours. You we, guys are kind. Yeah. Very kind. We start off slow, and we wanted to make sure we uh, yeah. weren't too buzzed for the podcast. And So we've opened, I don't know if anyone's had it, but uh, Forager yeah. Breakfast Nook. And this is basically an imperial stout that's, I think, bourbon barrel aged. Rye, basically bourbon. every and, adjunct. Rye, bourbon, <laughs> and honey barrel oh, blended. There you go. Imperial Porter conditioned on toasted coconut, maple, coffee, roasted cacao nibs, vanilla beans, and cinnamon. Yeah, they pretty much... I get cinnamon. It's so fun. Like, cinnamon is one of those adjuncts slash flavors that always... At least when you're cooking with cinnamon, it always highlights everything else. And so when you put it in a beer, at least my mind goes to, okay, it's just going to accentuate everything else, including giving you that good cinnamon. Yeah, you really get the cinnamon on the nose with this one. I, once you actually taste the beer, the cinnamon blends quite well, sort of with the overall breakfast. That you're getting the maple, you're getting the coffee in that. But if you really give it a good nose beforehand, it's so cinnamon forward, but in the best way possible. I actually didn't know there was cinnamon in it until we were talking, and I had taken my first sip, 
but at the very end of it, I admit I didn't, I did not smell before I sipped, which typically I do, but uh, definitely cinnamon on the tongue at the end, and it lingers with you. Yeah, so. yeah. I um, I think that this reminds me of eating like kind of a big breakfast buffet, like cinnamon rolls. You got mm-hmm. your coffee. You might have some Belgian waffles or something yep. where you put whipped cream and stuff on it yeah. and, and it, it's like everything lovely about breakfast so it's, if i had this with breakfast yes it's like that last bite where you have all the sort of flavors congealing together. syrup and yep just and like you, you finish it with a bit of coffee yeah 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 that's exactly what this is like and that, i think that's i'm sure that's exactly what they're going for too so ryan what's uh remind us and tell us uh, and, and, and educate us about forager because this is kind of an up and coming in terms of their stouts. Yeah, they're out of Rochester, Minnesota. Um, and oh. I, honestly... Uh, so the so everyone at the Mayo Clinic is heading over to a forager <laughs> for, to wait in line for beers, right? Yeah, I, and, and you know what I would say is, uh, and we can we can obviously give our honest opinion, the hype train is high on these guys. Yeah, high. Uh, they, uh, I think they just hit the ground running with a huge release maybe six months ago, maybe nine months the ago. Nillers. With Nillers. With, uh, I think, four to eight Zs at the end. Was that because they put, um, like, four to eight like vani- like ways of putting vanilla in a beer? Yeah, I don't know exactly what it... I, I actually think their uh, their labeling and everything is really, really cool. It's unique. Uh, it's kind of like a very, very cheap uh, ink to put on the bottle, so it fades ver- really quickly. Mm-hmm. Like It does. You could put your fingernail and scratch Nook off, uh, and you wouldn't be able to read anything in about three seconds. Um, and I think it's cool because it just kind of gives a little bit of character um, to the bottle. But, you know, besides Nook and and uh, Niller's, I don't know a ton about what they're doing. Um, this has really put them on the map. And, and you know, I think if you were to, to pull a lot of people in the craft beer community that uh, between Nook and Niller's, they would say that those are uh, some of the best beers that they've had in 2018. So uh, these guys are, are, are doing great things so far. This is the first one that I've had by them. Uh, it is, I don't know. I don't even think we've given an opinion on it, but it's uh, it's delicious. Have it's, any of you guys had Niller's? Negative. I have Negative. Um, Maybe if, if we record for our Christmas share. Some Yeah, somebody somebody would be willing to grab one. There's one, one in the basement here that will be oh, cracked. Oh, <laughs> so someone has one. Someone has one. Have and you that, sent out Save the Days for that share yet, Ryan? Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Save the Days will come out after uh, after Thanksgiving. Yeah, we yeah we'll get through this holiday first. Um, and so yeah, I, I I yeah I guess that's all I have to say. I think the base is like fourteen percent. So I mean twelve. This is a twelve. This one's twelve. So okay, so maybe tolerable. it's a little bit of a, a base. Uh, the base is probably different because I think Niller's is fourteen, and uh, I think I was I was talking to uh, our our good buddy Phil at uh, oh, Poor it. Brothers earlier. I'm getting a lot more um, maple, by the way. You know, there are not many stouts that are under twelve percent anymore. I and, I appreciate them for doing that. And not making it like an 18% godforsaken, have four ounces and I have to go take a nap. Absolutely, yeah. But when you think of craft beer two, three years ago, a stout of 10%, like Bell's Expedition, would that have, was a big boy. <laughs> like that was a monster, you know? Um, you Dark would have Lord, seen eyebrows. You know, outside of Dark Lord, which was just kind of this outsider, this uh, this very, very, very much so um, outlier in, in the craft beer community at 15% for just the base Russian Imperial stout. Uh, everyone else was 10% to seven. And now it seems like just about everything is like 12, 13, four, like 13, 14% are just common nowadays, you know? Well, I mean, it's trickled down to IPAs as well. You have the double and triple IPAs that are absolutely times reaching double digits from an ABV perspective. Right. And we talked about like dogfish head. Who's who has kind of stretched the limits with the ABV on IPAs and, and uh, sometimes they almost taste a little bit like barley wines, not in a, you know, age, not yeah. in a negative way, but uh, just kind of after a little bit of time. But uh, a nine percent IPA is not uncommon anymore. Nope. You know, when Dogfish nope. Head started with ninety minute, like that was the elite of the the elite, and and it was really really uh, groundbreaking. Yeah, and you'll I think now you're seeing a little bit of regression on that, where everyone wants more flavorful well, flavorful beers and less ABV. It becomes very common to do bottle shares and group outings, and you don't want everything to be 15%. Nope. You want to survive a few and 
continue to be able to talk about it. And that's what we're seeing, I think, a little bit more is a trend back to being able to drink something throughout the day as opposed to one and done. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, like Darkler Day, I mean, nobody nobody pays attention to an ABV. But when you are at a brewery, I would love to be able to... Guilty. <laughs> Guilty. You know, I would love to be able to go through the catalog of a brewery's beer and not necessarily always just tasters, but to be able to ha- sample like some good proper pints and not have to leave being carted out of there. And I think that's why a lot of breweries or at least more popular ones are starting to go for the more lower ABV, lower ABV session type beers. Well, I think that's, you know, people go crazy over Lambic for reasons about rareness and how historic it is and everything else. But what, I mean, for me, what it comes down to is you get a ton of flavor in a 5% beer. That's impressive. And it is really, really impressive. And I mean, it's really, really hard to replicate a really good Lambic with, when you consider all those things like, Hey, I can go have, you know, eight, 12 ounces of this and it's not a big deal to drive somewhere and it's not a big deal to have another and and not feel too buzzed and things like that. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's impressive. An interesting antidote, like with regards to the lower ABV crushable beers, we kind of forget about it, but I was on a brewery tour at half acre and they talked about introducing, I don't recall the beer, but it was one of their lower ABV sort of pale ales Mm -hmm. and they're like we basically brewed this because we wanted something to drink while at work yeah and we didn't want to get basically you know bogged down with the higher abv or just drinking sort of these heavier sort of double ipas and then they ended up bottling it and sort of i guess canning it and releasing it Mm -hmm. that was one of the drivers yep um so speaking of all these big beers fobab is going on tonight this weekend uh big chicago beer festival the Festival of Wood and Barrel Age Beers. I guess they couldn't figure out how to put a W in that, like, Faubab. <laughs> it didn't sound as cool as Faubab. It doesn't have the ring. The tongue. Yeah. So I know um, Mike and Brett said that they've been for the last... You Brett, you said three years, and Mike, you for the past... I've just been... Seven. Yeah, seven. <laughs> Only one time, actually. One time. Yeah. And Ryan, had you been to Faubab? You've been to Faubab. Twice. Twice. Yeah. I have not. So what is it like? Fobab is counters, endless counters of pitchers of you name it, rare beers, new beers. Uh, everything there is barrel aged. You walk around, there are very, very seldom lines in front of most. You have a taster and you, if you're smart about what you're doing, you can stand by the end of it. Um, so I've been the last three years. My first year, I have to admit that about two hours in, I didn't know who I was with or where I was. Um, Witness, uh, right here. <laughs> so when you're when big stouts are your thing, and you go down a line of a bunch of rare ones, you uh, you kind of forget where you are after a bit. But um, I've since learned, and so it is primarily uh, sour stouts. Um, they have experimental. There are some very interesting, very interesting beers. I mean, barrel aged in you name it: wine, tequila, bourbon. Uh, it's all out there. It's it's a it's an extremely fun event, and it's become more than just the event. Chicago's kind of embraced it as uh, a weekend to do their own things within breweries, within bottle shops. They have it's really grown. I've, I was really noticing this week uh, everywhere was was really expanding this beyond just the three events that Fobab actually is: one on Friday night, one on Saturday afternoon, and one on Saturday evening. Okay. But it is now a citywide phenomenon. Well, Brett, you you kept getting frustrated uh, with how many different things were going on around you while you had to work and like <laughs> all the things leading up to Fobab, and then you know coming down here for the weekend. Not to say that we're not enjoying ourselves, but uh, just everything going on from what probably starting on Wednesday or Thursday in Chicago. We, <laughs> we were talking about last night, like. I don't know. Goose Island. Everything. Goose Island had special tappings all week. Uh, More Brewing in Villa Park had a big special event Friday afternoon. Microphone Brewing in uh, in uh, where are they Elmhurst or they had a they had their own what they called Microphobab. They had their own event where they had a bunch of Microphobab. I love that guest breweries. They had kegs of some really really great beers from all over the country and the list was was really frustrating to watch knowing I wasn't going to be able to attend because 
it's fantastic stuff. I mean, that's if you look at what Goose Island was doing in anticipation for Phobab. On starting on Thursday, they started rolling out. They did a flight, but it was Bourbon County aged in Templeton rye barrels. They had 2015 Ooh, Regal Rye, which I'm sure is hitting a Ooh. very nice spot right now. They did a double barrel bourbon county stout which i've had before which is fantastic super barrel forward high abv i want to say like 16 17 percent um and then they did the double barrel brandy bourbon county stout so that was from thursday up until today yeah let's hold on a second let's uh Hold on. Let's get back to what Brett was talking about this whole microphone thing all right i don't know mike if you happen to check this I'm just going to watch this real quick, and I'm going to ramble off what they had. I think it's about a 10-second video, and, and we just need to talk about this because... At, at more? At microphone. I'm so sorry, microphone. Microphobab. Microphobab was... I love the name because they can do... Like, that works perfect for them. Sorry. Yeah. Go so, ahead. all right. So, real quick. All right. Second shift, rum barrel-aged liquid spiritual delight, four hands Madagascar, Uganda, faux, the brewery Sangria Tuesday... Casa Agria Guava Fresca, Casey Apricot Fruit Stand, Cigar City Quick Quick sh- Something, uh, Horace Sheck, Lil Beaver Shoko Caster, Logsdon Spontane, Microphone Vanilla Noise, More Karma and Double Rainbow, Perennial Labrame, uh, Pipeworks Cognac Barrel, Toppling Goliath Turmoil, Transient Barrel Age No Cake, uh, An Untitled uh, Barrel Age Hazelnut. Uh, voodoo grande negro voodoo pappy and that's it well so, the real takeaway of this i don't is, know of a just a hands-off like quick post festival if you're, that just happens like was, that that has that good of beers like that just doesn't make sense there were no turds in there no if you like beer chicago for fobab weekend is now just your destination it's right? unbelievable it it's is unbelievable. probably better than dark lord day i mean the way that, and we talked about this yesterday. So Chicago celebrates Dark Lord Day week. You know, we, we right, probably talked about this right. on our on our podcast where there's a lot of things going on at Goose Island and other breweries. Moore had their, uh, their barrel-aged henna release that weekend. So Chicago celebrates that really well. Three they straight do, days of um, barrel-aged releases. Chicago yep. celebrates the Illinois Craft Beer Week. I think yeah, it's, Illinois I think Craft it is. Beer Week. That's, isn't that around... Dark Lord Day week? I think it's around that time. I think it yeah. is leading up or the yep. week following. And, and then now it's just become like, I think everyone just kind of like, it's kind of everyone's followed after the other where yeah. everyone's just kind of trying to step up, step up their game where if Microphone's having a beer festival for Fobab week that has 20 of some of the world's best beers. Like that is, I mean, <laughs> that's like, pretty ridiculous. Brett, didn't we all... Toppling like, Goliath turmoil. Like... Who gets a keg of that? No one. No. It's crazy. And, and like leading up to or around the same weekend, people were heading over to Moore to get, was that the, f- like one of the barrel, like they released all the first barrel aged hennas, like the swirl and the, like right, right around Dark Lord Day. So Moore Brewing's barrel aged henna, they did a three day release, one of their barrel aged stouts Friday, Saturday, each day. Sunday, one Friday, it? one Saturday, one That's Sunday, right. correct. And now for Fobab, not only did they tap three of the barrel aged hennas that the variants that existed, they actually tapped three brand new variants as well. So they had tapped six barrel-aged variants of their very well-renowned stout, and yep. they're doing this in celebration of a beer event that's happening in the city that weekend. It is, it's, it's crazy. It, it's, it's you, ha- you can't work and also go and enjoy all these events. That, that really weird sound was... Uh, <laughs> Ryan... How did that sound in the microphone? <laughs> that sounded... I, I, don't, I don't know what it sounded like. It, it sounded like someone eating a Rice Krispie someone bar. scratching their yeah, face or something. Snap. Yeah. That was uh, Ryan opening open open spaces, but that was the we'll wax. We'll talk about that in a second. You should just yeah. use the Whale Slayer, man. Yeah, but Side Project and Perennial have this nice uh, little They're like twisty. the anti-Whale Slayer. It's great. Yeah, they don't, they don't need the Whale Slayer. They put something in there that you can just twist you off. You always and need a whale slayer. You get the wax, and it's great. Yeah. So now that we have the Fobab results, should we talk about some of the winners at all? Um, yes, we should. So Definitely. they announced on the Saturday afternoon, uh, the Saturday afternoon session, they announced their well, their overall winners and then the winners in each category. And, and I don't know if we mentioned this, so sorry to backtrack a little bit. Fobab, Festival of Barrel-Aged Beers, 
I apologize if you I, mentioned I that. I said that. Okay, so delete this part of the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> no, we're we're keeping this. Okay, all right. Uh, I, and I was just going to say, I, I know Mike and Mike and Brett talked a little bit about their experiences, but uh, it's it's one of those great times of trying new beers. Um, there's really not a bad beer in the, in the house at this thing. And I don't know what the number is, probably 300 different beers you can try and you can't drink them all. It's not possible. Um, it's also a great place to discover a new brewery that may even be local. And and we've mentioned that so many times with Dan and some of these other beer festivals we talk about is you really find like a hidden gem somewhere and it's really, really fun and exciting and everything else. And as long as, uh, you don't overdo it and you just kind of understand that you can't drink them all. Uh, pace yourself, drink some water. They've got water you jugs all over and everything can't else. Drink uh, them all there. It's uh no, you can't. I do. They've have got that. a sour room. I think it's really cool. They just got this separate sour room. You just kind of walk into a different part of the place and, and do that. And I have a hack for those that are local or willing to drive a bit. I've done it before is you can volunteer at Fobab and then you get a free ticket. But the nice thing is, when you're volunteering, you actually get to sample and try the beers you're pouring as well as the neighbor beers that your neighbors are pouring. And then as an added bonus for your ticket, you get sort of the VIP entry. So you get the free sort of entry or the early entry. It's an hour, enter an hour earlier than the normal general admission ticket. With the peasants. Yes, and, <laughs> and fortunately for you, you get to then drink all of the best beers and probably about as much as you want of them. Is there like a waiting list for the volunteers? They actually were scrambling to find people. Oh, yeah, it adds that's sad. I think last list. year there was a waiting list. Like a uh, milkshake style that was okay, but I had like a pineapple one at Maplewood last week that was, it was fine. Mr. Mm-hmm. Shaky, I think it was called. Okay. It was fine. Yeah. All right, we're back. We had to take a little break. Pizza came. We'll be, we'll be in on that. So... Uh, Brett was going to go over some Fobab winners uh, and Fobab uh, results, so take it away. And oh yeah, we're we're still opening up open spaces by Side Project, which is uh, Ryan describe it for us. Yeah, this is Blend One. Uh, they haven't made a Blend Two. Uh, it's a Missouri re- representation on one of our favorite styles of beer, the Flanders Red Ale, fermented in Missouri. and aged in Missouri. Missouri. Chamborsin barrels. I hope I pronounced that right. That's totally pretty. Did. That's pretty good. Yeah. It rested for forty-six months in those barrels. Forty-six months. Quick math. Holy. That is three years and ten months, folks. That is a that long is time in barrels. Older than my daughter. That is a long time in barrels. Some bourbons aren't aged in barrels for that long. Oh, they should be longer than that. It was rested in those before exemplifying the char- characteristics of red fruits, subtle oxidation. And round oakiness of the beautiful ales of the Flanders region of Belgium. Go Belgium. So, uh, I don't think they put the year on these. I think this came out in 2016, maybe 2015. It's actually been in bottles for a while. It's 7%. Um, so, they probably brewed this like five years ago. Yeah. Like, and when you think about when Side Project actually opened as a business, like this had to be one of their first beers that they brewed. Um, and put in barrels right away, and this is crazy. And uh, they have a lot of patience there. It's it's amazing. I mean, God bless them. Yeah. I know we're in the Midwest, and we sound like Homer's just constantly like praising Side Project. But if if you don't have Side Project on your radar, yeah. for barrel aged, wild, spontaneous, and like sour fermented beers, you are you're not paying attention. They're doing incredible things. You're not paying attention. Yeah. yeah. When you, I, I'm I mean, sorry. And when you have people flying over from Europe to, to come see them, I mean, it, it's basically like side project to Europe is what Cantillon is to the U.S. And there you go. That says amazing thing about what Corey King's doing with his business, but it doesn't make us homers <laughs> here in Illinois just praising uh, the brewery three hours away. So do you think do you think the Belgians are uh, <laughs> paying, paying secondary market value for uh, side project beers like we are for Cantillon sometimes? No, because remember we talked to Bart at the oh, uh, yeah. Dark Lord Day share, and he laughed at uh, how long the Americans stand in line for beers. Oh yeah, he said Dree Fontaine will come out with their rarest beer, and uh, everyone will get three because the longest people in Belgium will wait in line is like thirty minutes. He said so. People will wait. P- 
people laugh at the people that wait in line for 30 minutes. Everyone will come after they open. Everyone will get two or three bottles. And they look on the internet at all these side project so releases. So all moved to Belgium? More releases. Yeah. I mean, more... <laughs> More some crazy lines. Yeah, we're Americans are idiots. Uh, and Americans are idiots. Yeah, that's basically what uh, what we've learned. So right, uh, we'll start pouring this and let's talk about Fobab. All right. So Fobab, it looks like they have 12 categories that they'll there give we a, go. a gold, silver, and bronze. Um, so you're looking at anything from fruit beers, from fruited sours to strong ales and uh, and stouts. So uh, this year we l- we're looking at our best in show. It was a beer that... We've probably talked about plenty of times. It might actually be Ryan's favorite beer in the entire world. That is... Wait, wait, wait. This is a great place. No, Brett, you should oh, no, know no. this. Never mind. I, I apologize. It it was previously, I believe, Ryan's favorite beer. <laughs> but uh, a beer called Fundamental Observation from Bottle Logic, which I believe is brand new to Fobab. I don't think it's ever been there. Um, and the runner-up this year was a Saison from Hopewell Brewing, which we talked about in our Beer of the Week, Boom. which was a beer that uh, Mike really liked. So if uh, Hopewell definitely was not on your map previously based on Mike's recommendation, it probably should be now. There you go. Uh, outside of that, um, in the strong porter stout category, more brewing, which we've talked plenty about. They were the gold medal winner for their brand-new non-adjunct barrel-aged stout, which is called Mendy. They will be doing a release for that in the coming weeks, actually, as part of the Black Friday beer phenomenon that is uh, Chicago's thing now. And uh, so beyond that, yeah, it, that those were a couple of the big winners there. Nice. So Black Friday probably has to be the biggest in Chicago for beer. Would you not say that? Because Goose Island has sort of made it their thing. Yeah, they've sort of taken over. Um Friday is now, at least from a from a Chicago perspective, a craft beer perspective, um, I don't know, a millennial perspective. It is Beer Friday. Um, I've I haven't forayed into sort of the long lines that you're going to see at sort of the Bennies and some of the other places in Chicago. My sort of favorite, and I'm doing this for the third year in a row, is actually so Goose Island Clybourne, which is their yeah. brew house. Um, just off Clybourne in Chicago, they do ticketed releases. And once you buy a ticket, um, I think it's around 75 to a hundred dollars, but you get decent pours, maybe in that six ounce range of every of the variants that are being released as well as food pairings. And then you take home a bottle. Um, the three years that I've done it, it's either been, I think it's been a prop every time yeah. so you actually get a nice bottle to take home with you mm-hmm. and then you get a sample every one of the beers and you're not messing with sort of the lines that you are. You're kind of actually poking fun at the people that are still <laughs> waiting in line at Benny's next door. Cause the Clybourne brew house is located right next to the Benny's uh-huh. in Lincoln park. But that is where if you're in Chicago and you want the full allotment, the Binnies in Lincoln Park is where you're going. Um, they've changed it up this year. I think they're ticketing up to the first thousand that are in line. They're doing it now on Thursday and evening. That first person will get there at what nine p.m. Oh, Thursday or even earlier, nine, nine p.m. and Monday. wait there the whole time. Yeah, yeah I they're would, already in line. Yeah, no. guess Tuesday, Wednesday, in all reality. So, Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you're willing to sort of brave the weather. Um, Goose Island is going to be partnering with Intelligentsia Coffee, oh. which is a fantastic roaster yeah. in Chicago. My One of the favorite. Best. But um, yeah, you'll be able to drink some coffee and some other treats while you're waiting in line. But it's going to be a madhouse um, in Lincoln Park at the Binnies there. But they do have, for the first thousand in line, you're getting a full allotment. I don't know the specific details, but I believe you're basically getting two bottles of nearly everything but reserve um, and maybe prop. So it's not, not bad. bad. It's awesome. But not bad. They got gonna, a great lineup this year. Yeah, you're going to not, you won't see your family. It's going to be quite cold. <laughs> and uh, God bless you if you're uh, willing to. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that now Goose Island has found a way to say, Guys, we know you've been left out of the whole Black Friday thing. Your wives get up, you know, want to get your kids the the toy of the year. You want to get up there and get your biggest and best whatever it is on Black Friday that you're going to get the biggest deal on. And now they've given us a reason. And and that's great. That is that is wonderful. Now, Dan and I talked about this. Dan and I will not be 
I will, we will be flying on Friday and Black Friday. So it is a very sad day in terms of being able to wait in line because it's, it's a tradition now, at least in, in, in my world and your guys's world. I'm sure that on Black Friday, it's like you get up, mm-hmm. get some coffee. Uh, two years ago, Mark and I were at the Hy-Vee in Peoria waiting in line for whatever they were going to have. And it was fun. Yeah. You know, it, it, it gets to be, and, and, and people poke fun at the line. Mm-hmm. But the, the thing that you always have to remember is sometimes in that line, well, a lot of times in that line, you're with other friends, craft beer drinkers, you meet new people, you can make fun of yourself. And I think that that's totally acceptable. And it's kind of an event. And if you're in a place there, sometimes there is actually a little bit of sharing of beers. But even if there isn't, you bring some coffees, everyone's happy. It's just a social setting. I mean, you're just chatting and having a good time. It's, you know, it doesn't feel like waiting in line a lot of the times. No, you're right. You build a camaraderie with those other people that are uh, out there at the wee hours of the morning. And you're certainly rewarded because even as someone who's in the Chicago suburbs, you have not only do you get your bottles to take home with you, but there are numerous special tappings at pretty much any beer bar in the area. You're going to get to try those beers without opening your bottles, and you can save those for a later date. It's really a phenomenal day of drinking beer that Goose Island has created. Yeah, and if you want to give Goose Island credit where credit's deserved, is they've created that. And granted, they are owned, operated, I shouldn't say operated, but they're at least owned by AB, but they function to still really push and kind of be that craft beer. We can sort of sit here and mince words and pick and poke and whatever, but I, I love what they've done and what they continue to do for craft beer. Yeah. When you can get uh 2017 Bourbon County uh, really easily, you know, weeks after the, the whole release and black Friday and everything uh, it's still one of the best bourbon barrel aged stouts out there. I mean, so whoever owns it, you know, yeah, disregard that. I mean, they're doing great things. Uh, they, everything with the release and what they've done for just the whole Chicago weekend for that. Uh, it's just a great combination. And, and the beer has really held up. Um, they had the one bad 2015 fiasco and whatnot, but really overall, like they've done that a could great happen job. To anybody. It could happen to anybody. And it has. Yeah. We've talked about that a little bit, yeah. but it has. It's happened to a lot of, I mean, a lot of the breweries we talk about endlessly about how great of their beers are. They've all had infection issues. So yeah. It's a readily available world-class beer for Absolutely. about $11 Every year. a bottle. Absolutely. Every year. And, and and it gets us excited about the Medianoches and the barrel-aged coffee shot vibes. And these guys probably wouldn't be making these beers if it weren't for Bourbon County. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. So, you know, hate on them as much as you want. And, you know, you can have your scruples about AB and what they do in terms of shelf space and et cetera. But when it comes to Bourbon County and what Bourbon County, especially in Chicago and Goose Island has done for the city of Chicago is I, I will still always support what they're doing. Yeah. All right. I love this open spaces. <laughs> I was going to say, let's, before we close I, out. And, and if Flanders red is not something that most people would go crazy about, but when, when side project does it, they're going to, gosh, great it is fantastic so brett's gonna pour us some there it is yeah yeah get that right up into the mic here oh i love that sound there's a big pour brett yeah. oh <laughs> I look got at that a, that's a big boy pour <laughs> it's I, early got in I got overly excited about pouring it into the <laughs> yeah. mic and i forgot what i was doing all right guys cheers to kind of like being midway into our little share uh we've got a few more on deck Uh, Thanks for joining us. Hopefully your Black Friday uh, serves you well and best of odds. All right. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Have a good night. Thanks, everybody.